You're listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To learn more about the Collective Church in Portland, Oregon, and Vancouver, Washington, visit us online at thecollectivechurch.com. Don Potter, I, I, I would like to, you know, Don doesn't give us a sheet that says, a sheet that says all of his accomplishments and to, to read off a bio to read off before we introduce him. And I think he likes it that way. Don't you Don? I will say this though, go home and, and Wikipedia this dude. Not kidding. Go, go, go home and YouTube this guy. Go watch his appearance on Oprah. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. It's anointed. Um, but I will say that, that Don is a gift to the body of Christ. He's a gift to the collective church. And um, I would say this, has someone ever hit you before and their hands were heavy? Like Taylor just has these big meat hands and Taylor will come up and just go, Hey dad. And it legit hurts. Cause there's weight behind when he hits when Don, Don could say the same thing as four or five other people. But when he says it, there, it hits, it punches, it cuts through. And that's a lot of intimacy with the father, with the Holy spirit, with Jesus over a lot of years. So I, I want you just to, like Jenny said, pull your spirit man to attention and let's receive everything that God has for us this morning, church. Do you agree with me in that? Amen. Let's give Don Potter a huge hand. <laughs> yeah, lots of distortion in my voice. I love that sound. Better. Haven't been here for a while A whole lot has changed The power of God seems to have stayed The portal of His presence Is moved to the front He likes being on the stage job now is to be his opening act and get done when he starts to move and right now the father is moving all across this land better get ready better make your heart right better turn your face to the heavens you better get your spirit tuned into the power of god that will not retreat ever again and enlarge your tents get ready for a crowd make space for something that words will fail to say I thought I could tell you what's happening but God said that's none of your business for I'm touching lives even as I play there's healing happening here right now in this room right now not tomorrow but right now those places in you you thought could not be touched they're being touched by God right now and that cancer you said was incurable guess what it's leaving right now 
And that part of your heart that keeps breaking every time you come to Jesus Christ, he's going to break it for real now. And he came to heal the brokenhearted. What a good God. And he came to change your attitude this day. And he turned your He's making you ready. Wow. For something we can guess. Sleep for quite a long time. <laughs> for the women in their lives are taking places that don't have strife. They're not leading the pack, they are the pack. And they're the power that's going to come on this land. Why does Jesus say, Lay your lives down? Why does he speak such crazy things? It's because we're not recognizing it's who we are together that makes the power bring something that pleases God Almighty and all your stubbornness is fading away and it's giving way to broken spirit, a broken heart, so God can heal your hearts today. I thought, boy, this is crazy, but God seems real bent to make it come. And now we find there's something we will cry for, we'll die for, the unity of the one huh. lots of things are kind of milling around in my brain um, I figured it would be really good here this morning I just didn't figure how good that's all um, don't get all puffed up. It ain't you good. God is good. He's showing up himself. So when God shows up, stuff gets good real fast, you know, and our not good gets real revealed. Anybody excited about how, how transparent God is starting to make the church? Is anybody figuring that out yet? So all of our belly aching, we can just stuff that. And, um, because he is making a transparent body of Christ. The reason for that is so the only way to get close to the king is to become transparent. That's how you get close to the throne. I'll just say this. I've said it a thousand times maybe over the last four days, but the throne of God is surrounded by a sea of glass. Sea means humanity. Glass means transparency. He's surrounded by transparent people. People who are above humanism. Mm. Ugly subject, but that's what we're rising to. That's what's happening in here. You're rising above the humanity of humanism, which states whatever it states in the world. That's why he says, come out from 
among them. Do you remember that? So, fascinating day. Man. Wow. I don't know how you did it, but you've defeated that religious spirit that comes in on Sunday. It never shows up except for Sunday. Um, you know, you can you can have church any time. You just can't have it on Sunday, you know. <laughs> you gotta it's that I hate myself. It's that stuff that just lingers all the time. You wanna slap it if you could find it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's that thing that makes you have a fist fight with your wife before you get here in the morning. You know, it's uh, Sunday is the hardest time in the world to get to the church. Is anybody? If there's going to be a problem at Sunday morning, you know that stuff. Somehow you kick that thing. I don't know how you did it, but I, I wouldn't be worrying about how you did it. I'd just be glad that it happened uh, and just kind of focus on let's keep that out of here. If we can do that. Is that good with anybody? It'd be great to just kind of keep the clarity that's in the air. I'm, I'm just bumbling around for a moment because there's so many things being said at the same time. I'm going, <laughs> which one of those million things would you like me to say? <laughs> Shout for joy, oh barren one, you who have no child. Break forth with joyful singing and Come and cry aloud <laughs> For the sons of the desolate one Will number more and more And the children of the married woman Are thus, says the Lord Enlarge the place of your tent out your arms of grace Oh, it's time to lengthen your ropes And with a word drive in your stakes Reach out and feel the wind Your answers are blowing there in And fear not, you won't be shamed You'll be broken, but not betrayed.
the power of your love is the fire of the heavens and it's breaking through this land and there's something you've never seen before starting to take away the darkness off the hearts of the lose ones time to feel you great we glory in you jesus this day dying and they don't know why uh, more words in here sorry losing hope still striving yet the apple of God's eye Or a woman grieved in heart Or a child who's been rejected Tell us, Lord, where to start Enlarge the place of your tent Stretch out your arms of grace Lengthen your ropes And with a word Drive in your stakes Reach out And feel the wind Your answers Are blowing wherein And fear not You won't be shamed You'll be broken but not betrayed. Sometimes the way God moves just scares us. Other times I think I've still in control But the season that's coming We'll have too much anointing Won't be able to control But it must be governed and there must be government For that's the power of God upon the earth No one will stand without God's hand Calling them to this place Might as well get used to it Right from the start okay okay I have lots of insulting things I I'm contemplating having to say but um, it's part of my life these days <laughs> I was unhappy when I had you guys remember Bob Jones the prof, prophetic guy Bob Jones not Bob Jones University but the the Kansas City tree surgeon Bob Jones that seriously worked on the English language. Um, and uh, so what ended up happening is, is he spoke over areas and he spoke over places in this, in this country, needless to say. Uh, and he said something in a prophetic word, um, which I, you'd use this as best you can hear this, that when do you trust the prophet? I don't know, when they're dead maybe. Um, <clears throat> But when do you trust what's really being said that's beneficial? But you know what I'm talking about? And so we're, we're pretty convinced that prophecy is supposed to tell me how great everything is. 
but it doesn't seem to really want to do that. You know what I mean? It wants to say, whoa, buddy, look out. And what? And so just try to explain this in the best way I can say it, the nicest way. Trust me, I'll get over being nice real fast. I'm not actually nice at all. So, but neither is God. So <laughs> what's the point of playing around with being nice about this? Um, there are things, you know, that, that have been said, and Bob is a very, very, um, very accurate, if you will, prophet. Uh, does that make everything perfect? No, because we prophesy in part, and we see through a glass darkly. I don't know about you, but when you're in a dark room looking through a dark glass, it's very difficult to see what's going on. And so the devil has been trying to put a darkness over this region of the country, actually over the whole world, but he's really focusing on this region. Uh, and why would he focus on a region, do you think? Just because he likes the mountains or something? You know, he focuses on a region that's about to have a massive um in visitation from the king of the universe. That's why he wants to darken things is because we won't notice when the king comes. Trust me, you'll see the king when he comes. <laughs> uh, but there is something really starting to brew here. So the prophetic word, and if you can hear me, uh, was when something happened in Japan, a basic earthquake which created a tsunami which was a few years ago. Does anybody remember any of that kind of stuff? That the Northwest of the country would come into some very major um, stuff. Earthquakes, tornadoes, tsunamis, volcanoes, all that nice stuff. And... Of course, being back east, oh boy, yeah, those poor guys. <laughs> um, you see what's going on in there? We are connected. We are a connected people. We cannot stop being a connected people. So what happens to you happens to everybody. What happens to me happens to everybody too. So we need to kind of get over this idea that, oh, those poor guys, forget that. Just get real in the spirit because intercession has to start to rise up in the nation. How many feeling that starting to come? Intercession is going to be locked with praise. You actually can't separate the two of them. We're working on it, but you can't do that. So when intercession and praise begin to fire the rockets together, you will build the wall that will protect the move of the Spirit. That's a lot of stuff in about a couple of minutes. But am I making sense to you, what I'm saying? The Nehemiah wall, you remember that? That was built by intercession and praise. Why would God give us that beautiful example unless it was important for us to see? Okay. Oh, let's get let's get together and pray for 24 hours. Let's do it for seven days a week. Yeah, man, I'll be right over. <laughs> Isn't that what intercession and praise feels like to you? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Huh. I asked God one time, because some of you are anointed and you don't know what you're anointed for. I asked God one time, what am I anointed for? What am I, what am I on the planet for, my king, my master? And I thought he would say, to play the guitar and touch the hearts of everyone with how you play. He didn't say that at all. <laughs> because I was convinced I'm anointed to do what I do well already. Anyone here confess that you know what you're anointed for? I'm about to screw that up, so <laughs> don't... <laughs> So after five years of waiting, uh, a guy came to our church that went through a lot of changes and so on and so forth. Wonderful guy of the spirit. Uh, and I uh, had quite the, the ability to hear God. I liked, I liked what he could do. Anyway, people wanted to line up to get him to pray for them and stuff. He didn't pray for people. He just put his hand up and they dropped like an anchor somewhere. He's, I don't think he said five words all, the, all day long, but people are dropping like flies. Never touched a soul. Just like, and that was it. Thank you. And I thought, ooh, I think I want to have a boom from that guy. Um, and I got right up next to him and he went, communion. Boom. Uh, there I go. And I thought, that was not even a courtesy fall. Looked like a sack of potatoes on the floor, but... I suddenly realized, communion, you mean communing with God? I hate that stuff, God. You know I can't do that. Anybody? How many just love to sit quietly somewhere and do nothing for hours on end while your brain wanders aimlessly through every stupid thing you think you're supposed to do? 
Is this the right crowd to talk about like that stuff? <laughs> and when I get done, I'm like, well, that was, con that was constructive. That really worked a lot. I thought about changing the oil 19 times during that. Is that making sense to you? So you, the, the process of communing with God. So that leaves me the impression that God is a drag and being with him is a bigger drag. Isn't that what that leaves us thinking? That's what it left me thinking. So I said, God, I hate to do that stuff. He said, well, what you can do is play the guitar while you're waiting. Well, I like to play the guitar. And he said, yeah, I know. That's why I gave it to you. So what's happening is there's something in you that you love to do that God will classify as waiting on him if you can think ahead of your little small brainy. But because you like to do it, well, man, I like to fish. Go fishing, man. Wait on God. And once he realizes you believe, I'm waiting on you when I'm doing what I like, because trust me, you don't like to fish. God likes to fish through you. Let's get real for a second. We don't like nothing, really. And we'll bellyache in a heartbeat about nothing. But when we do find ourselves loving something, it's God loving it through you. And he's the nice day. Yeah, God is saying it's a nice day right through your mouth. And you're going, oh, what a nice day. And you see what's going on in here? We actually do have a king that has control of you, whether you like it or not. Even your grumbling. If he's the author of your blessing and your calamity, hmm. why would he want to bring a calamity? Oh, to get your grumbling underway. I have that gift. I like to uh, make people mad and get them grumbling. It's really great. So at any rate, I, uh, you know, I said, you know, this communion thing, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, and he said, well, I think so. That's what's going to happen. So it's been years. That was 25 years ago or so. God, I think it's 30 years ago. Don't you hate the fact that you can start talking about things that happened 30 years ago? Um, there's nobody here that can probably be old enough to panic like that, but I do. I talk about stuff all the time that happened. That was 65 years ago. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Um, when most of you are not even born. So this room was empty 65 years ago. Do you see what I mean? And I was up here playing. Hi, how are you guys doing? <laughs> I've waited a long time for you to be here. So now we have this time where the Lord is beginning to pour out all of you. And if you can get over this, it's not about how holy I act while I'm waiting on God. It's about doing what he's caused me to love. And that is what he will call waiting on him. So when you start to hear something from God, make sure you don't go anywhere without a little pad and pencil or something like that. Don't rely on the unreliable thing called the cell phone. Uh, make it tactile. Get to that place where you feel you're writing something and it stays active in you because your eyes will look at it again. And you don't fumble through mem menus to get to what you thought you remembered that you wrote because you're leaving precious things in very unstable hands. If you think what we have in our pockets is stable, you are absolutely wrong. That is not stable. It is, it is a control device. At any rate, I won't get into that. Um, every kid in the room will open fire on me, man. <laughs> if they brought a gun, they will start shooting. I know that for sure. I'm a, you know, I, I like tech junk. I junk around with tech all the time. But it's also the one place the devil torments the crap out of me is my tech stuff. Anybody? So if that's where he's going and that's, so let's go get tormented, get your tech out, you know. I don't know why we're thinking like that. So and I'm saying all this to say Bob's word. I'm dancing around not having to tell you hard things. But here it comes. At any rate, his word was that the Northwest is a, would, would be an unadvisable place to live when this happens in, in Japan. Whoops, it happened. Um, so then a prophetic word managed to make its way all the way out here through the Elijah list. Um, anybody familiar with that? And, and the kind of the prophetic word was, if you live in the Northwest and God didn't tell you to live there, get the heck out of town. 
um, I thought, well, that's an encouraging word. I like all that encouraging stuff, you know. So what happened uh, after that, in of which I happened to be in Albany, Oregon, Oregon at that time. Uh, and I was like, hmm, that's a word that I wasn't expecting while I'm out here for the next four or five days. And does anybody think like that? I mean, you start worrying about how you can get out of town, that kind of stuff. Does that stuff work on you? Or you start thinking, well, I just bought a car. There's no possible way God's going to destroy this place. <laughs> you know how I do control the universe. <laughs> um, so what ended up happening is, you know, we, I, we heard the word, and God had been speaking to me about Romans 1. Anybody familiar with Romans 1? We probably preached on it a hundred times. I won't give you the sermons that drive you nuts. But... Um, What's really going on in Romans 1 is it's the explanation of what of the spirits that are falling on this land. Anybody know what I mean? One of them is greed. Does anybody think there's any problems with greed on the land? That's pretty big, isn't it? Uh, another is murder. Oops, got a little bit of that. Uh, strife. None of that, of course. Uh, anxiety is here. Uh, what would you say? Does anybody agree with any of this kind of stuff? Uh, perversion. How about that one? Yeah. It's one of our faves. Um, those things are right here in our face all the time. Is that correct or not? Yeah. And they are spirits that fall on the land. Why do they fall on the land? Because the word of God has been suppressed. That's what Romans 1 says. The wrath of God pours out on all, all, this is the key word, pours out on all who suppress the truth in ungodliness and unrighteousness. The issue is, then he goes on to say that those who knew me, that means the church, I'm afraid, uh, were the ones that basically walked in unrighteousness to suppress this truth. The problem is everybody suffers the consequences of the church's change of the truth. Anybody, how do you feel about that? That's a pretty funky thing, isn't it? Uh, how many feel like the word of God may have been slightly altered a little bit along the way, just so that we can suit the pressure of the day we live in? Has anyone been feeling that? Uh, that's a hard thing, isn't it? You know, I think, well, you know, a little bit of, hey, you can't tell people just totally what God said, you know, you don't want to, we're not going to study Revelation because, you know, there's references to, you know, blowing stuff up. And so we're not going to talk about that. You know, we're going to leave Ezekiel out too while we're at it. You know, the flying around stuff, you know, those things in the air. We're not going to be talking about that. That's good. Okay. Let's not talk about that. Uh, let's see what else. We're not going to talk about husbands and wife being equal. We're going to say the man has, has authority over. Okay, that's a good idea. Let's do that. Let's change it to that because. Am I messing with anybody's theology? I'm not going to change one ounce of the scriptures of God. I'm not going to change one. But I am going to argue about how we chose to translate that. Because what we've been living on is what was translated in their 1700s. So now, okay, I, I hope you are not, I, mean, I hope you are offended a little bit because that's, that gets action. You'll either get bummed out or you'll get really right with God. That's the bottom line. And so what has to happen is that you got to hear from God. You got, and if you know Jesus from what you heard from this stage, you don't know Jesus. You have to live a life with Jesus yourself. And you have to look at his word. You have to argue about his word in your own mind. Go ahead and argue with him. He's happy to talk with you about the word. And he's happy to get in a fight with you about the things you think you're God of. Anybody? Are you okay with that idea? And he will say, he'll stand up there. Come on, man, let's go about the thing. You think the music is God. Come on, buddy. <laughs> let's go. And whammo. Oh, music. I'm not. It's not us. You see what I mean? I turn out to be a God of nothing. And he turns out to be the God of everything. And once that gets settled in your mind, then the concept of serving this king becomes much, much easier. And internally, your life starts to change. Is that, am I making sense yes. to you? So we now he's, so now I'm looking around and I'm thinking, oh man, this whole place is going to go underwater. And I'm over here preaching in 
Albany, Oregon. What a dumb idea. No selfishness there, but... So when I got back to the church, God said, I want you to talk about this Romans 1 thing. I said, they are not going to like that, dear God, my master of all things. He said, yeah, they probably won't, but you're going to talk about it anyways. And so we did. We talked about it. And I told that we, we are to blame because the word was altered a long time ago. I don't, I'm, I know I'm stepping on lots of toes and I can see those crossed arms and those crossed legs that are screaming, I'm out of here. I am out of here. I'm hearing what I don't want to hear. Just for a second, hear what you don't want to hear and move towards asking God to verify, clarify, and to absolutely, and he will prove every word he says, not what I say, but what he says. It's not proving me, it's proving him. Do you understand what I'm getting at? Once you get on that level, then it's really not about whether you're hearing right or wrong, because we are forbidden to know good and evil, right and wrong. Did you remember that? God said that to Adam. I forbid you to partake of that knowledge. Why do you think that? We need to know evil so we can teach it to our children and we can keep perpetuating this crime against God. Do you think we're not supposed to know good and evil because we're suspicious by nature? And the second I wonder about something, I will grab the wrong answer. The second I suspect there's something wrong, I'll grab the wrong answer. What's that guy looking at my car for? He's going to steal it. Oh, God, there you go. See what I mean? And God forbid if he happens to be black. Oh, that's got to be what's happening. Do you see how stupid all that stuff is? That's called good and evil. That's called the knowledge of good and evil. And actually, it's called the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. That's what God said. Don't want you to partake of the fruit. That means the finished work of the knowledge of good and evil. And I'll say this as fast as I can. The meaning of the word good in the Old Testament, when God said good, meant to be pleasant. And it meant to be handsome. I like that part. Uh, and it meant, obviously, to think in terms of righteousness. Righteousness. The word evil in the Old Testament meant to be noisome, meaning irritating, an irritating person. That's called evil in the Old Testament. You know, the people they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick at you all the time. Anybody? You guys. Um, are you getting are you getting scared about what I'm saying? Are you getting all right, guess. You can get over it, man. It'll get you. It'll get you past. By the time you graduate good and evil to the New Testament, which Jesus was starting to speak of, then now the New Testament, good means to excel in everything that you do. Whoa. And evil means to be pressed by the labors of the things you excelled in. They mean the same darn thing. That's why he said, we can't do this because you will make evil good and good evil. You will reverse the process every time. And now you're stuck with no matter what you do, you're moving towards evil every second. So I said, well, okay, God, that's the good news. But how in the heck do we unknow the mess that we're in at the moment? He said, praise me, praise me, praise the name. Just lift your voice, surrender your life, give it all back to Jesus. And through that renewing of your mind, you'll forget what you learned when you were young at heart. Until you feel the Spirit of God breaking you, just keep praising. I like to praise God. So we preached that night about good and evil. We preached about 
What fell on our land is the curse that comes under knowing God and suppressing His truth. Mm. So the suppression of truth is a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous place to be. But we have entered into it because of lots of things, and I could spend another hour explaining how we got to that, but we got to it, if you're okay with that. Um, And so the key was to ask forgiveness for doing that. Even though we weren't the originators of that issue, we're the recipients of the curses of that issue. Would that be a spirit you wouldn't mind having broken off the land? Is that a spirit you wouldn't mind shouting out loud and saying, hey, you know what? We're not going down this road anymore. On on that list is disobedience to parents. (laughs) That list is pretty good in Romans 1 if you want to look through it sometime. Uh, Starting in verse 18, you're going to find yourself into some serious business about God's purposes on the earth. We cannot mess with that purpose without a consequence. And we're in a harvest of consequences we speak. Did you know that? We're trying to bring in the harvest for salvation. Yes, it's all going to be great. It's going to be not yet. Not until these consequences are plowed under. And so he's releasing, according to Amos, uh, the book of Amos, he's releasing a plowman now. And he is in advance of the reaper or he will overcome the reaper. Are you catching this? Before a harvest of consequence comes to fruition, God will plow it under. He will not let us go through that consequence. That's pretty darn kind. Anybody? That's like way over the kind level or limit uh, because he's not, he's not afraid of you. He's not afraid of me. He's not afraid of what we're doing. He's bringing us through it, though. So we have to really settle on the fact that he's doing that. Everybody okay with that idea? So that's what we did. We prayed that night and asked God to forgive us for a whole host of things. I ask you to forgive us, Father, for for suppressing your truth because it fits the pressures of the day. He reveals later to me, after we had all that prayer time, that the spirit that drove Jezebel, anybody know what I'm talking about, Jezebel? Which is not a controlling woman, by the way. It's a spirit. The spirit that controlled her, we talked about this, we've talked about this this weekend, uh, is called antinomianism. It's a teaching that says you're saved by grace. You're saved by grace, man. Hey, you got a great God. You can't get it out of his hand. He loves you. He'll never let you go. So, you know, a little fornicating on the side wouldn't hurt anything. Everything is fine. You get what I'm going? It's because, and do you feel that slipping into what's happening to our yes, young? Yes, yes. We feel like somehow, you know, I love God, God loves me, I'm saved. You know, this little bit of stuff on the side won't hurt anything. Except the entire nation. Other than that, it won't hurt anything. That's what we're facing right this minute. Sorry to be so serious, but the heck with it. I'm too old to care whether you like this or not. Um, We cannot live in this because we like what's happening. We cannot keep demanding we get our ears tickled just because I don't particularly like where you're going with this. You can, you know, get over that as quick as you can. Because if we don't go there, what's coming will make this statement sound like a nursery rhyme. Because what's really happening to the land is we're falling into this hole. So we did that prayer at the church and uh, everybody repented. They were all about it, man. I preached, I guess, somewhat of a convincing sermon, I guess, where me, Don, preaching is like an oxymoron. So um, it's just something I can't even imagine ever attempting to do. So. But then we repented that night and we detailed what we needed to repent of. What spirit is lurking over this area that causes you to say, man, my kids are falling off a cliff. I'm falling off a cliff. I'm tormented night after night. All I want to think about is running away. Anybody? I know it's tough to admit that stuff in church when we're acting really nice. Um, 
It only takes a couple of hours to act nice. Don't worry. You can get over it in a few minutes. And then you can go back to being grumpy like you always are and swearing in the parking lot. It's okay. It's fine. You know, don't feel like you got to act great here and then act horrible in your normal life. Act horrible all the time. That way, that way there's no confusion on who you are. Who's that? Grumpy? Okay. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's easier to deal with someone who's as honest as that. That way you don't feel like you're somehow, of, you know, wounding the world because you spoke truth about something that needed to be talked about. Instead of, well, you know, we don't talk about that around here. Well, you need to start talking about that around here. And we keep thinking, well, geez, the kids, the kids. Kids are way the heck ahead of us, guys. Way the heck ahead of us. Okay, are you okay? Anyway, we came back. I came back the next night after we hit all that repentance. And there was a double rainbow over the city of Albany, Oregon. I thought, well, that's cool. Wow, man, the double rainbow. I came back the next night, same time, and there's another double rainbow right in the same place over the city. I thought, wow, <laughs> that's a very cool, I thought. Third night, he came back and the same thing, another double rainbow, a third night in a row. Same place, same look. It looked like, is that a photograph? You just take that picture and then just left it up there? Is that what you did, God? And so when I got back into the church, I said, God, I, you know, I wouldn't mind what this means after three days of it. He said, oh, my promise was always for life. That was many years ago. Somehow you are still here. Is it possible a handful of people repenting before the living God could save the land you live on. You think that's possible? Stop thinking you got a God that's off somewhere, way bigger than you, off to a nice place where they really like him. You know what I mean? And not for you guys, because they're more holy than you are. And you vacillate between feeling like you're the greatest holy person on the on the planet, you know. Is that, are you catching what I mean? The spirit behind what's been happening is not stronger than God, and it's not stronger than our repentance. And if you can stand to hear this, the concept of repentance in Hebrew is the meaning of the word praise. In God's economy, when I am repenting, he's hearing it as praise. Isn't that just outrageous? I don't know how you guys feel about that sort of thing, about repenting. Does anybody, well, my wife, when she was alive, she would always say, you know, we need to go over to the neighbors and repent for a while. I just think it would be great. Um, great idea. Bring a bottle of red wine so we can pour it on the lawn and plead the blood of Jesus while we're repenting. Are you catching what's going on in here? So in, in, in her amazing ability to just cut to the chase, which I could not love more. Um, we changed the actual complexion of the life we're living at this minute. How is that possible? Because God does it, not me. He's waiting for you to come to the table and say, Father, we repent for this. We repent for altering your word. And someday, if you'd like me to bore you to death, I will show you a bunch of things in scripture that we alter just slightly to suit the pressure of the time we live in so that we would not have to face some real serious realities. Is everybody okay with that idea? You want to put five minutes into repenting before the Lord? It doesn't hurt, by the way. Um, um, you might feel a little lighter when you leave because you've dumped a bunch of crap here. Um, <clears throat> Bob Jones used to say in his tasteful style um, you know praise is the enema to the body of Christ I thought I kept saying oh Bob that sounds great to me and he said 
He said, well, it's no wonder they only go once a week, you know. <laughs> I think it's time. <laughs> we figured out how to live as Christ. I think it's time. We began to repent of the things that are destroying our lives. I think it's time to own what is ours and stand where truth calls you. As God raises up men in this time, they will stand for the grace of God. How about you? We ask you, Jesus Christ, to repent and hear our prayer right now. We say in Jesus' name, we reject the changes in your word that we've done somehow. And we ask you in Jesus' name to hear this repentance in this house. And from this Northwest city, we say we ask you forgive us now. We, we repent of the sins of our forefathers, Lord. And we repent of the days that we demanded our ears be tickled by the sermons we demands of you that were never in the word to speak and as we squirm in our seats right now we say we repent of resisting your call to be saved by the grace saved by the death and then saved by the blood and then saved by the resurrection god and then saved by the one who's sitting at the right hand of jesus saved by the love of god we repent for the greed that's over this land right now in the name of jesus because we have been told in some way that's acceptable to the heavens it is not acceptable we repent of that now in the name of Jesus Christ. If you agree with that, you can just say amen. amen. We repent for the fact that our children have rebelled against their families. One child is a choir boy and the other one's in jail. How did this happen in the same family? It's the spirit that fell on the land because we have altered the word of God to suit the pressure of the day we live. We ask you to forgive us for daring to touch your word for one second and interpret it through men's opinions, not through revelation, but opinion. We cast down the concept of opinion that would change the meaning of God's word. To alter one thing in that word is absolutely off the page. It's out of the question. It cannot be done and should never be done. In the name of Jesus, we ask you to forgive us for accepting that reality and not standing up and screaming, you're changing God's word. We ask that in the name of Jesus, and if you agree with that, you can say amen. amen. We also ask that you will break the spirit of perversion off this land. We're not condemning or pointing a finger at a single soul because this thing fell out of the sky because we failed to recognize the word of God had been altered by the, the visions of men and the conditions of men and the agendas of men. We will no longer fall to this any longer. We will commit ourselves to study your word until we know your word and not what we're hearing from us from a sermon. That's only to encourage you to go deeper in the word. It isn't for you to use that as the only tool you have. The tool you have is a God who will do anything you ask him if you ask him. So in the name of Jesus, we ask you to forgive us for the perversion that's on the land. 
We ask you to break that spirit off the land. We ask you to break it off of our children. We ask you to break it off of loved ones. We ask you to break it. We are not condemning it. We're asking you to break the root of it, the spirit of it. If you agree with that, you can say amen. Now break the spirit of murder that's been on the land for a long time. We break that now and we will not, will not, will not, we will not contend with this any longer. We say in the name of Jesus, you have no place here. You have no root, you have no place, nor any legal right to steal children or to move into human trafficking. You do not have the right to do that. You are breaking God's laws and his principles. And we are now standing for the principles of God and those rules must stop and they will stop and they will stop today. They're going to stop today. We're going to see that today, not in 10 years or 50 years. We're seeing that now. We are not in agreement with this foul, foul spirit. We are in agreement with God and the power of the Holy Spirit on the land. And men will stand up and stop this thing. That's what men are standing up for. They will shut down this human trafficking thing because it's men that it is for. Are you hearing me? And that spirit, get off this land in the name of Jesus. Get off these people in the name of Jesus. Get off this time in the name of Jesus. And your timeline has been canceled and your purpose has been canceled in the name of Jesus. If you agree with that, you can say amen. There's a whole bunch more things we can repent of. You get a whole, you get it in your head, you start driving in the car. Oh God, stop the car. I gotta repent. Be reminded, this is a gift from God. It isn't a shame. It isn't a guilt trip. It is a gift. And it's the gift of praise because right after you do it, you are then allowed to have an intimate relationship with God. That's what the word praise means. Are you okay? Ay, ay, ay. Well, Lord, they didn't freak out. They heard what you had been making plans to say for some time yet and the portal of your love still remains here it's moved a little bit I think the angels got bored and they wanted to see something change in the hearts of those who played their instrument who sang your praise who moved through the spirit Even though I've got lots more bad news, there's a real good news report. Jesus Christ is standing beside the Father, and when the Father says, how are they? They only see the King. And when they say, how is my church? In Portland, Jesus stands in front of him. God says, looks like it's doing real well down there. I just want to live my life and praise Jesus again. It's looking good from here. It's looking good from his face. It's looking good in Jesus' name. That's what it means to ever intercede for the lives of our young and the lives of the fathers that ran away. from their call until we see this place overwhelmed with love and Jesus Christ ruling over all <laughs> praise your name Jesus Christ praise you with everything we got we glorify you because there's nothing like you no Jesus.
Jesus. No one is like you. Be blessed with the Father's blessing over your hearts and over who you are. And be blessed for the power of God is falling on this land. And be blessed from it. Even though it may destroy some things, be blessed from the touch of God. And stuff will change. Exchanges of money are about to change. There's a balance coming to those who trust in the Lord. Financial balance. Don't get greedy. Don't get nuts. Just enjoy the fact he's covering you when nothing else could. In the name of Jesus Christ, I bless you with life, not death. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To find out more, visit thecollectivechurch.com.